It's Wednesday morning, everyone. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. I've got my longtime friend Henry Ferguson across from me, Big Chief Wackabuck. What's cracking? Man, just uh, been an interesting year. 2020's been uh, had its challenges, but uh, we finished out with three good bucks, and that's kind of how I'll remember the year. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody get COVID in your family? Nope. I'm Rona free since 73. And, uh, <laughs> It doesn't rhyme for my wife, but or son, but you know theirs are they're still healthy as well. <laughs> yeah, Frank got Rona. Yeah, yeah, he's that's why he's home now. I think he can come back soon. Oh man, yeah, I was missing the tank. I wonder where the heck he was. Yeah, yeah, he. Um, we had three people get it. One of the guys in um, assembly got it, which gave it to a couple other guys, and then Frank got it. I um, I'm almost to the point now. As much as I travel, I'm wondering if I'm like an asymptomatic guy, like I can get it and not give it, not have signs. Because you'd think yeah. I would have gotten it by now. Yeah, no kidding. And so, I've been on a couple planes since then, and you know, but uh, now still healthy. We're still dodging it, or or we're asymptomatic as well. Yeah, a little of both. Who knows? Everybody gets it differently. Frank's in peak yeah. physical condition, and the other guy that got it here is very far from peak. Yeah. The other guy's fine. Frank almost died. Like, Frank oh was bedridden gosh. for like three days. No kidding. So everybody seems to handle it differently. Yeah, I've had a couple friends who have had it, and, you know, the kind of the consensus has been, yeah, it was like a really bad cold. Yeah. And then you're fine. Yeah, Duplan got it. He said he didn't feel too bad, but he lost. One thing is most people seem to leave their sense of smell and taste. Yeah. Which is kind of like a surefire sign that you've yeah. you had it. Or got have it or whatever. I could probably use that right now because cheeseburgers probably wouldn't taste as good. Yeah, but no kid, good. Point. I could benefit from that. Maybe I could quit chewing. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! So, uh, so what's going on in general? We we kind of talked yesterday about some of the um, the issues that Corona is kicking out for. Um, uh, what what you're what's in your wheelhouse dealing with like the uh, Colorado Boat Hunters Association? What's yeah. going on with that? Well, I mean, it's it's dealt us a couple of pretty significant blows in the last year already because we had to cancel our, our banquet in March, and then we had to uh, also cancel our jamboree in July. So, unfortunately, that those are two big fun events that we have every year, and those big fun events are also pretty significant fundraisers for us. And, you know, the crazy thing is, I mean, we're not alone in this. I mean, you know, Mule Deer Foundation, Rocky Mountain Elk well, Foundation, I got a everybody. Pope and Young yesterday to yep. help out with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, everybody's in the same boat. Every conservation organization really operates on, you know, the work of volunteers, which us all of us board members are all volunteers. And, you know, between that and just, you know, losing those fundraising opportunities, it's it's tough. It's it's challenging times ahead. We actually had to uh suspend printing our magazine for a couple of issues because that's a that's a big cost i mean there's a there's a, a tangible cost associated with printing magazines so we did online only for a couple of issues and i actually i looked at a thread yesterday on facebook on the cba page that i gotta um uh, you know, before I get myself in trouble, no matter what decision you make, somebody's going to complain. That's right? a fact. Um, that is a fact. Yeah. I mean, no matter actually what you, you do, you could save six babies to tomorrow. Yeah. Somebody will, will bitch that you parked wrong when you yep. saved them. That's, how it is. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, you could do yeah, you free advice. And if they don't like it, they won't just turn the channel. It just happens. Exactly. Way. So one thing I noticed was um, you didn't ab abolish the 
the magazine, you just stop printing it for a few issues. That's exactly right. And, you know, and like you said, there's not, it's not a popular decision. The yeah. fact is we had two meetings discussing this and we, we never ever meet in the month of September because, well, the month of September is sacred for bow hunters in the West. Yeah. And we did have an emergency meeting in the month of September and we talked about this at length. And I mean, the, the fact is for the long-term viability of the, of the organization, we didn't have any choice. And there wasn't people, anywhere else we could move the needle to that extent. That's kind of just from the outside looking in. Um, people were like, why didn't you get rid of, you know, X, Y, or Z? But those things didn't really cost money. The Bingo. Did. That's exactly right. And, yeah. and for us to be able to stay afloat and stay viable and be able to continue to fight for, you know, the bow hunters rights and season dates. And, you know, we, we have to, we had to make some tough decisions. Yeah. What's, um, Going, I've kind of distanced myself from the CBA to a, a certain degree. Um, what uh, what's going on with the CBA? Any changes going on? Um, like good, bad, indifferent? What's happening with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, this last year there was uh, one of the biggest things we've been involved in over the last couple of years was uh, the new season structure. And when we sent out all of our surveys, we kept getting back, you know, over and over that everybody wanted a September 1st to September 30th season date. Well, if that doesn't tell you, you know, I mean, and when we send out surveys, we were getting back like 70% response towards a September 1st to September 30th. And obviously as a mule deer, a, a guy who primarily hunts mule deer, I want those season dates to start as early as they possibly can. So I've got more time to hunt them in velvet when they're more patternable. Yeah. But the fact is, that's what the that's what the bow hunters of the state wanted, and our members wanted. So I voted, you know, to go September first to September thirtieth. So, um, and and basically the reason is everybody wanted to hunt that last week of September when they feel that that's the peak of the rut. So that was one of the things we were involved with, and that's going to be you know over the next five years that'll be our season dates. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember, um, I say, I remember like it was four scores and seven years ago, <laughs> a few months ago, I remember yeah. when, um, the new season dates kicked off. And then of course this was a bad year for even elk hunting. Like we were pretty certain this would be cause it started later, but should have been lightning in a bottle for it, elk hunters. It didn't pan out quite like it, but I was the same as you. And, and I talked to South quite a bit, like, can we start deer earlier and, and elk later? Well, um, I actually tried that. Yeah, that was a that was a proposal that I submitted um, that was basically going to tie instead of tying the deer and elk dates together mm -hmm. to tie the deer and antelope dates together. So we would have gone from Daddy August 15th. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> trust me, I would have been my own hero if we would have pulled this one off. But uh, but unfortunately, it just didn't work out. We we made it through the first. Uh, session or two and then ultimately got kind of shot Kibosh, down at the end yeah. yeah so like for newcomers um and and i say newcomers um you know a lot of as times are changing and in social media you know print isn't gone but kind of going away and the digital platform's much bigger forums for sure right? uh, for sure you know digital i talk to different uh magazine publications where they're like you know the print's still important but our our digital portion is doing really well and then everybody on the planet has a podcast now so a yeah. lot of those except me um yeah the um yeah well 
Might as well start one. Um, Frequent guest, but yeah. you know. <laughs> then you don't have the headache. It's like babysitting occasionally. You get just yeah. enough of what you, you know, need for, uh, I guess you could say, um, sex ed. Okay. To hold you over. Do yeah. I want one of these or do I not want one of these? But uh, I think that as times are changing in that digital footprints becoming bigger and bigger, it's easier for people to read the CBA magazine on their phone. Sure. Um, in comparison to you know, sitting on the crapper floor or sitting on the counter yep. shelf or whatever, like the, you know, for me, I don't, I don't get magazines much cause I, I read everything on my phone for the most yeah. part. And I get the fact that there's some of, um, not necessarily old school, but generally old school, like print, that's what they're raised with. And the younger sure. generation lives off their phone. How much do you think, uh, have you, not you, has the CBA and potentially some of the other, um, organizations lost by not keeping up maybe to date with the current marketing trends. You know, that's a, that's a great point. And, and honestly, it's something that we're in the middle of making some pretty significant changes there uh, with a new website. We're looking at adding some real value to the membership for next year. Um, kind of having a back end of the website, a members only portion of it, which would have instructional videos. I mean, heck, we, we might even, put some links to the videos that you guys have done, the instructional stuff you guys have done here on your Kafaro cast with, uh, and it, because they're, they're great. And, you know, we want to have a, a more, a little bit more modern approach to it because when we sent out and just to kind of step back a little bit on the magazine before I step forward there, the response we've gotten back from most of the membership has been overwhelmingly positive and said, Hey, you know, do what you need to do on that. But, uh, there's always, there's always kind of that vocal minority that I read that some of the vocal things. minority last night. I wanted to smack the <laughs> shit out of them to be honest, because coming from a, you know, a guy that ran a business and a guy yeah. now that owns a business involved with rock slide and, yeah. and we started that and obviously work with other publications. If you are, 14 years old and your dad loses his job, you may not get Christmas that yeah, year. That doesn't mean reality. That doesn't mean your parents don't love you. Doesn't, doesn't just means you're poor that once that year that, you know, well, that's that, that, that string right there. So I looked at kind of the, this COVID and everything else in the CBA it's triage. Got to make some decisions. That's exactly it. It it's, is triage. You're that's not, exactly it. You're not pulling it from the existence. It will come back. You will have yeah. a magazine, and so I saw some guys, uh, my best friend, Brandon Powell, um, love that guy. I, I wish you actually, if you want to come over to Kafaro at some point, I'd love to chit chat with you. He had posted, um, I would have liked the choice. Yeah. Well, what choice was there? You don't have the money. There, there really wasn't a choice, unfortunately. I mean, like I said, we had to, we met two, two different meetings on this and it was, and I will say this for the record, this was the closest vote that the board has had in the four or five years I've been on the board. Typically when we vote on something, it's, you know, everybody's in favor of it or everybody's against it, but we all have a, a, a very similar approach and very similar mindset. That just wasn't the case here. I mean, we had, we were split almost down the middle. It was like a 10, seven vote in favor of suspending the magazine. So well, it wasn't. You look at it though, like Christmas, do you buy your kids Christmas presents, skip bills, go into poverty? Yeah. Or do you just say, hey, kids, we love you. We're going to do our best. We'll have a nice dinner. And, uh, you know, when we're financially stable, we'll, we'll have another good Christmas again. But I yeah. just can't do it. And when I initially saw this before I talked to you, I'm like, that that's a smart decision. Because 
going further into the red is not good, right? Well, you know? it, it just, it, 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 honestly, for us, it's just not an option. I mean, we've got a, a great secretary who, who's very good at uh, taking care of the numbers. And, you know, we're not broke. But you could get that way. But we see in the future, if things don't change, it could happen. And so for the long-term viability of it, we just had to, you know, we had to be make the smart decision on well, that. While we're talking about that, I want to make sure and encourage anyone listening in right now, especially if I've ever saved you any money or I've cost you money. But if you just didn't feel like you owe me anything, please join the CBA. Um, if you hunt in Colorado, if you bow hunt specifically in Colorado, the CBA is here for you. So don't just come take advantage of our elk herds and then leave. Actually donate something to it. Please hop on uh, the CBA website, which is coloradobowhunters.org. And, uh, yeah, and join <laughs> Google. Yeah. That's was it the meme, the Google that shit meme. Um, but hop on it and join because, uh, without obviously with, with COVID happening and not being able to have some of the different banquets and things like that, or shoots, they weren't able to raise money. So definitely hop on and join. I know that a lot of the, and you said the percentage of people that re up. Oh, during, it's, it's almost comical. The, the number of the percentage of people that renew either at the banquet or at the jamboree is almost comical. I mean, it's a significant percentage. And cause we see that, you know, it, we have memberships expire in March or memberships expire in July. <laughs> and yeah. that's kind of what it boils down to. And, and by the way, that March date for the banquet, we've been in discussions with the hotel that's hosting this and, we're it's looking like we're going to push that back to like the first weekend in may because that's going to be yeah. i think it's going to be a lot safer from a, a gathering standpoint well i think they'll have at least the first two phases of the the vaccine thank you good yeah. christ the vaccine <laughs> um sorry <laughs> planet of the apes um the vaccine uh will be i think on the second wave by that time, it, it so. should be well into that second wave so yeah that's kind of our hope is that we by pushing that back a little bit we'll be able to have it because we don't want to cancel it i mean if nothing else man these are fun i mean it's yeah. a chance to get together with people that you only see once a year that are you know talk about your hunts and share those cool stories and renew old friendships and that's what that's what these things are really all about yeah I, and uh, you know w when you look at um like we talked about the the new age marketing and the old and obviously the jamboree being yeah. your the one thing covid i think has taught uh whether you you know not i'd stay out of politically right whether you agree <laughs> with it or not absolutely the, the one thing i have seen is some people you know can work from home right some yeah. people, there's certain you know, when you look at the job site, like here, there's probably four people we can have work from home all the time. Doesn't yeah. really affect us. Where if you would ask me two years ago, I'd be like, the hell no, you're not working Absolutely from home. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. You actually probably get more done. I um, have become the uh, a stay at home dad. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> With my job. It's, it's strange. I mean, I stare at a computer all day. Well, and, and so you learn that. You also learn like maybe, um, you do need to diversify your, your marketing or your, you know, what's going on in a case like with the CBA, why would you ever not have a, a jamboree? Well, COVID fixed that answer or that. Well, <laughs> and, and quite simply, we would have loved to have had it last year. We could not get a permit from the County yeah. to do it. So it, it, it would have been, it would have been literally illegal for us to hold it last year. So, you know, kind of, 
now knowing what just happened and you lost members kind of reinventing the wheel and, and, uh, coming up with some new different platforms or ways to get people to join or remind them to join is going to be the ticket, whether it be this podcast and other podcasts, you got to kind of survive to adapt to survive. Um, hundred percent. And, and the Pope and young is they, called me last week and we're like hey can you can you help us out just because sure this platform specifically other than it's explicit because we can't seem to hold the f-bombs back (laughs) you know we don't have sponsors or any affiliates right we exactly we get everyone on here yeah doesn't bother us and one of the things not to bring up my favorite organization in the world the the bha um you know i I haven't totally always been for the bha still still i'm not they're very good at getting the younger crowd in if if you're going to give them kudos Pint nights were a good idea. That's, um, it's worked for them, for sure. It's, it's worked very well. Yeah. And so the morphing of marketing for all these different um, organizations, what, whatever, is, well, there's no ATA this year. Yeah. It's going to be hard to do a virtual ATA. You, where's the bedazzled jeans? You're not going to be able to see them, right? <laughs> I, no shot show, right? Yeah. Th- that's a huge deal. No for, Western Hunt Expo. No ISE. I mm-hmm. mean, it's uh, the the list goes on and on. No SCI. I mean, there's a big list of things canceled coming yeah. up. Yeah. So I mean, when I was when I saw that post, I was like, that makes sense, right? You can't spend money you don't have, and you certainly yeah. don't want to run yourself into the red. And so some of the blowback was pretty surprising to me because. It doesn't take a lot of fingers and toes to figure out if we have ten grand and and that's not yeah. the amount of money you have, but just you have ten grand in the account. You know there's no fundraising going on, and you know that the magazine may kill fifty percent of that. Why would you do that when you can have it digitally for and, free? And you're not far off with that number <laughs> yeah, of, of so. what it costs. I mean, it's it's a significant cost, and so we yeah, don't have we, catalogs. I should can them. They're expensive. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what? Everything that anybody needs to see anymore they can see it on your website they can see it on social media there's a there's a lot more interactive ways of getting about of going about that so for people listening in as well as obviously you across from me what would the people listening in like to see chime in obviously when we post this and uh, what would you like to see the cba do differently maybe how would you like social media run is it is it run like you want to now would you want more interaction um you know, with uh, when I say Facebook and Instagram, and I don't even know if you guys have an Instagram page. We do. But, we do, um, yeah. You know, we, it's only been up for like two months, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, brand like, brand new. You know, to me, um, one of the best things we could do is let's say a, a pack and a, a membership giveaway. Get your followers up so they yeah. can see what's going on, stay active on the page. Um, when you when you post things on a, a, a Facebook or an Instagram page, don't just post articles that are recently, you know, get people interacted, like get some blood trailing ideas, get, get some informational stuff, like get it to where people want to come to your site to learn, to make it a destination. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. I mean, it's, it's all kind of a part of a, a long-term, a long-term plan that we have for it, but yeah, absolutely. We want to be a launching point for people to, we want to, one of the things we want to do is we want to feature successful bow hunters in the state of Colorado that, um, you know, guys like yourself who have been doing this for quite a while, who I, I'm sure there's somebody out there who doesn't know who you are or yeah. wants to see all, you know, 10 of your best animals in one spot. But we want to feature and kind of reach out and, and highlight some of these people who have been successful doing it here for, for a while. Well, and I get like, let's say Rivers, right? Um, he's a friend of both of ours. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that kid, he's 
the demographic that I would say a lot of these organizations are probably missing, right? What is yeah. he, probably 26? 21. Okay, 20. Just able to touch himself. Just um, <laughs> turned 21 during archery season. So, so yeah. pr- pretty young, hard worker, and a go-getter, not the typical millennial, right? He's, he's yeah, getting after it. Absolutely. You know, that, that, and I, I really like the kid. So, but you got to respect what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's getting like you it. said, he's working hard and getting a shed hunting article up by him. It give him the great joy to write it, right? He gets some great accolades point. yeah, and have him write, um, not maybe where he's shed hunting. Cause that will screw up yours and my spot, <laughs> but about shed hunting and uh, you know, just pulling this out of my ass. And so one well, of the kind things, of what you can learn, how that translates into success later in the year hunting. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. And one of the things we do like on our page is Dana keeps me off our page. There's enough of me because I want our users to feel good about using a pack. We're, sure. we're paying attention. And you also want the, um, it, of course, this is my opinion, but I guess the meat and potatoes of Colorado hunters, where it be in state or out of state, um, you know, the, the success stories, you really want to pump those guys up because it gives them a goal. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, when I say a goal, it's always nice to see your name somewhere. You yeah, know? yeah um, it's good for the self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, you, you get to see that. You you know, it helps the CBA. That, that looking at it, I would really like to see that, whether you're using something me or, or me and Levi or you and Levi or do on informational stuff or meaning like how to tune a bow. Right? Yeah. I don't know, pick something. Uh, or it, or it be literally truly a blood trailing, like what to like where you're constantly coming on the CBA page to learn. Um, and that's that's what that new the new website within a couple of months. That's exactly what that's going to be. Is that back end for members only is going to have a lot of instructional stuff, um, whether it's hunting tips and tactics, or like you said, tuning a bow, or how to get started. I mean, there's there's people who join the CBA just to learn what you know what a successful bow hunter looks like how you know kind of demystify that process because as you know we've talked about this other times that i've been on here you know about the the 80 20 rules and there's a lot to be learned from that 20 percent yeah well and there's kind of a with everything that you're at your reach because you're friends with tons of people you've been in Colorado a long time yeah not everybody wants to backpack hunt yeah so you get a little of that and then you get a little of Eastern Plains. Um, exactly. You know, you get a little bit of everything. And, and it, your specific reach, um, I don't know too many people that don't like you. I've got a long list myself, but most people get along with Henry. I can give you a um, few people. Yeah, there's a few <laughs> that don't like me. Um, probably deserved. But uh, having all of that grasp is a, a very, I mean, it's a melting pot for knowledge uh, is what it, it, it is. It sure so, can be. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what we're hoping to Well, why to do, have why do you get on my page? Uh, my like what are the, when you get on there? What are you looking? For? Quite simply, horn porn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you hunt more than anybody I know, and it, once I swallow the bitterness and jealousy that yes. comes along with that, <laughs> and sometimes it's harder than others, and that's typically when you're hunting mule deer, something <laughs> cool that. But you know, honestly, I want to go on there and I want to see, I, I want to see your latest hunts. I want to see where you're going. I want to see what you're doing. And then now multiply me by. I think of 150 successful Colorado hunters right sure. now. That's at your grasp. And that's get on the that knowledge page. base that we're going to be tapping into. So yeah. it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how we can develop this. Now, me, me too. And I'll be obviously whatever way you need help. I'll be more than happy to help you. I just, when you get a destination page to, of knowledge, that's what, yeah. in my opinion, well, not just maybe knowledge, but also storytelling. Like, 
I, you know, for me, I get tremendous joy out of seeing uh, a self bow guy kill a cow or you kill a 190 inch buck. They both have a place. Well, Um, they both have their story and their struggle that mm -hmm. goes into, I mean, every successful hunt does. Yeah. Every unsuccessful hunt does too, but nobody wants to read about that. That last hunt I did with Luke, (laughs) we shot that deer right by the hot tub. That one didn't have a lot of (laughs) struggle other than lifting it in the back of my truck. That one was probably the easiest hunt I've ever done. But even that has a story, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, the amount of people that, you know, like on my page gets a lot of traction, questions and, and stories, yeah. all of those stories are like, um, well, let's, what are we calling the Kardashian buck? James's yeah. buck? <laughs> Yates's buck, right? What did, what did that deer score? I've heard rumors it's like 240-ish. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, it's an amazing deer. It's got to be north of 220 just with Yo, all the trash. Yeah. So, Looking and this is a, a friend of ours that's it, that he did not shoot this buck in Colorado, so nope. stay out of Colorado. Yeah, um, there's no big deer left here anyway. <laughs> yeah, but that buck, my videographer David D. Austin has photos of that buck yep. on a game camera. Exactly. Isaac Aylman has a history with that. Everybody yeah. in that undisclosed location, which is you'll never figure out where it is. Don't yeah. try. Yeah, um, is uh, has a some, some history, history with, with that yeah. buck. Um, you know, with that, you know, let's go to um, 2019. I missed that wide buck. Um, I don't know if you remember that. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, missed it 12 yards in the cliffs. They killed that buck 78 miles away in rifle season. That's so and it's crazy. wintering ground. That's a story, right? That's Absolutely. a learning story. I, I, it's a heartache story because I got my ass kicked. Um, well, and I've been there, man. If we could go back to my 2018, I got to hold the 198-inch <laughs> antlers of the buck that I shot through the back straps. Oh. But people can relate to that. Um, exactly. And that's one of the reasons I'm as honest as I can be with what we do is I've got no shame if I did something good, bad, or in the middle because everyone has done that. That's that's the truth, and that's the part that we we as a community need to become more comfortable with because I I try to tell my story as honest as I possibly can. I mean, Hey, warts and all, you know, I mean, that's most hunts. The shot goes exactly where you want it to. Cause I practice a lot and the deer dies in sight and that's great. That's the goal. But you know what? It doesn't always happen like that. This year I had a buck take a step right at the shot and I caught him way back and through a lot of perseverance and some help from some friends, Rivers being one of them, Rivers and Chris came out there and helped me track him. We found that buck. And, I mean, it was it was a great ending to the story, but it doesn't always go perfectly. No. It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. And, I, and people like to hear all of those stories. And also, you know, if, if what you would have done different. In your case, you yeah. probably wouldn't have done anything different. And a lot of times it's that way. But Yeah, I'm honestly not positive. I, I probably would have taken longer before i took up the trail but like i told you as i uh backtracked to get all my gear little did i know that buck was bedded like 50 to 60 <laughs> yards below me mm-hmm. bleeding out in his bed and if i would have just stayed stayed quiet he probably would have would have died right there but you know i, I don't want to talk about that i had the same same that that rack you picked up out there uh-huh same same type of story well, those things happen <laughs> though you know and it's 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 all learning i mean hey well, as long as we've been doing it there's still a lesson to be learned every single time you step in the field like with with that specific buck i put a um a, a two and an eighth inch fixed blade wide holy crap threw it back here like and, throwing a hatchet at it, it literally <laughs> yeah it was a tree shark they're 
dude. It's oh, like, yeah, it yeah. It is like throwing a tax through an animal. Yeah. So with that, um, you know, Lander said, hey, go up on this mound, and I'm going to drive, you know, hike to this mound. It's the last place we saw it. I'm going to drive way around, see if I can see it. Well, I get up on top of that mound, and I've got fairly decent eyes, and I can't see that far, so I'm like, it's got to be here. I'll just pick it apart. I take three steps forward, which is what, that's where the rodeo started. Pop yeah. my big ass down and start glassing. That deer was bedded 11 feet from me. Oh, my I didn't gosh. Know. You know how they have those big cuts? Yep. He went to the top, and he just, because he had had to go uphill a ways, and it just took too much out of him. He bedded down. If I would have stayed three feet back, he would have never winded me. I but, I mean, how 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 would you know? How yeah. would you know? Well, and it it, it takes off, and, and uh, I can see Gritty coming, and uh, I hear, this fence, and I'm like, what? Gritty gets stuck in a fence. Hadn't clued into me it was the deer yet. So then I pop up and and I I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's trying to get under the fence. And of course he had an arrow sticking out. I was detouring that from happening. And uh he got under, Brian got and over. That's to why me. we shoot strong arrows, folks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he he beds down, gets up, but same thing yours did. Beds down again. And uh anyway, I ended up we ended up getting the buck. But that story is not just the the cool animal at the end it's yeah everything that happened in the middle well, which is a good learning experience it's the in between that usually tells the story mm -hmm. you know it's from spotting it to ultimately holding it in your hands that it's it's that giant gap in between that's that's where the cool cool stuff lies now and it would be good to get a lot of these different um you know known or unknown successful hunters to contribute like you know in colorado alone you look at like out of the off the top of my head, oh, uh, you and me, Danny Ferris, Sean Greathouse, Andrew Munsell, Jeremy Munoz, uh, South Cox, the, yep, the South, the West Slope crew, the Elk yeah. Song, um, a lot of the a lot of guys the PSC over there. Dude, he used to whoop ass at tournaments. Tenbrook, Tenbrook, yep, yep, Ray Tenbrook and his kid Tyler. Yep, yeah, those and there's been and, kicking my butt since he was like twelve. Yeah, <laughs> but there's many, many guys on the tournament and the hunting side, Phil and Braden, all those oh, guys, yeah. all know, the, the guys that know Rocky Mountain are, Specialty yeah. Gear. Sure, all those people would be more than happy, I'm sure, to to chime in and help out as much as as possible. What do you think's caused like the CBA have before COVID? Has there been a dip or a rise in, in CBA members? So the membership has stayed super consistent for the last decade or more. I, I mean, it's just stayed right around the same level. And I mean, when you look at the number of hunters that there are and the number of bow hunters there are in the state, and then the number of bow hunters that, like you said, just come out here for, for a weekend. I mean, when we looked at the splits last uh, at this last season restructure, it was astonishingly close. If you look at the over-the-counter units, the percentage of resident hunters versus non-resident hunters. And, I mean, we'd love to have as many of those non-residents contribute to this as possible. I mean, hey, we're, we're, a, we're a, an inexpensive date if you look at it that way. I mean, it's 30 bucks a year for a family membership. You can join three years for 75 business memberships available, stuff like that. But, you know, we would just love to have as many people voicing their opinions in this as we possibly can. That means we are able to better represent everybody's opinions. And that's, that's as a volunteer board, that's our entire job. That's our responsibility. Oh, definitely. Uh, and you know, as I'm reading my messages here, um, I, I had messaged a few guys about the, the CBA and the, the magazine. Cause I was trying to get, um, 
an outside perspective. Sure. Looking in and see what other, you know, people think. And all three of these guys were like, what's wrong with just going to digital? Obviously, they're more in the digital age. Than, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I get it. Um, you know, not everybody wants to read off their phone, but most young people do. Yeah. Um, I would say. And, you know, that was one of the things. Kafaro in general, when I started, we didn't, we didn't have really a website and we certainly didn't have a mobile. Yeah. 87% increase in sales the moment we kicked in a mobile website. Crazy. Legitimate numbers. And, <laughs> and if you look at it, think about, think about the last time you were on an airplane, Aaron. Yeah. You're walking back to, you know, from first class or maybe first class adjacent, which is where I always end up sitting. <laughs> um, but you walk back to the back of the plane to the bathroom and when you look, how many magazines do you see in people's hands? Yeah, maybe one. Yeah. And everybody else has a phone. Everybody else is looking at their phone or their laptop or tablet, you know. Well, so. And the thing, like, you bring that up, but, um, for example, I grab a photography magazine, keep it out of hunting. Yeah. That photography magazine is going to have three things, let's say, I like in that magazine. Yeah. Google, it's going to have everything. Yeah, um, and there it is. Yeah, <laughs> and I've tried to explain to people that of, like, when, when you're looking up a piece of equipment, let's say gear to buy, um, don't go to one place to get a review. Go to 15, go to five, go Absolutely. to whatever, and, and look it over and then kind of pick it apart. And, and that's just kind of the beauty of the, the digital age. Everything's at your fingertips. Now, I understand that the total concept and the, the idea of print's cool, right? I mean, that was back in the day, like when you and I first met, the cool thing was to be in Eastman's, oh, right? Man. And get that hat or whatever. Hey, it still you, is. Yeah. I mean, that's still the the... the premier western hunt magazine you know yeah and and they but they they adapted and they have digital now. you bet and and one of the things that's nice about digital if i backpack in i can save that magazine and read it yeah Uh, and i don't have to carry it in because i've already got my phone yeah and there's pros and cons to everything and and i think that um the moral of this talking with the cba i think that obviously getting everybody together into this but getting the cba the the facebook instagram and the and the uh the website to be a destination of knowledge and entertainment is definitely going to be like the key to victory long-term because that will get more and more people to join the CBA as well. Well, yeah. And, and really that's what we, what we want to do is we want to be able to provide value for our customers as well. You know, for all of our members, we just want to be able to provide value. And we're cooking up a few other things too, a little too early to talk about in, in definite terms right now, but, uh, but yeah, things that will be happening for sure will be the that the back end of that website, which is going to be just a great knowledge base for, you know, and a good landing spot for uh, not just new bow hunters but experienced bow hunters who just want to up their game a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, it makes sense. Well, what else? Um, you know, obviously we're talking about a little bit of everything with the CBA and hunting, and who's all on the board at the CBA? Is there any new position to open? Is it something that people? you guys are encouraging people to come out and oh my gosh and apply? Yeah. <laughs> i mean we're we are a volunteer organization 100 percent. we just had board elections on saturday and uh i i actually i don't know how we call this but basically we put some people in in positions that we felt were a little better suited for them and uh so, for example, I'm the new vice chair of public relations, so I'll be kind of overlooking and overseeing the social media and some of these website uh, improvements as well, making sure we get that information out there. Um, but, you know, we have a new, uh, unfortunately, in August of last year, our, our chairman passed away, had a massive heart attack, and Mike Yeri passed away, and he had, I mean, he had put in dozens of years of, 
of volunteer work and really made some big strides in CBA. So we had a, we had a position up top to fill. Um, so, but currently we do have four positions available on the board and they're area representative positions. So we have the Denver area, both East and West, and then, uh, South and Southeast, I believe are the four that are available, but these are basic positions where we're going to be doing, um, you know, communicating with local CPW officers, um, you know, looking at uh, how we can better help them and looking at uh, how we can help out the local archery shops, uh, hunter education. I mean, there's just a number of different things that these guys do within their, uh, within their kind of their local communities. Who was the Denver rep before? We had uh, Ben Allen was on the, east side and jr was on the west side unfortunately jr moved and ben allen's just taken some uh, additional responsibilities at work and didn't really leave him the time to to be able to help us out and, and when can people when when is the next meeting where they can get see if they can get involved in that if they wanted to yeah so we meet every saturday and um or i'm sorry at the first saturday of the month basically eight times a year and so we just had our uh, our big annual all day meeting, but we'll have another one the first Saturday in uh, in January. And I mean, just contact us through the website or social media, send us a message, and we'd be more than happy to put you in the in touch with the right people. Because you know, like all volunteer organizations, they don't work without uh, volunteers. <laughs> yeah, those are important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think like uh, once this COVID thing goes away, are you guys going to be able to or try to do, um, you know, some more uh, shoots other than maybe just the high country shoot? Are you guys going to start yep. to try to hold more tournaments and things like that? Absolutely. In fact, we're having uh, we have one that they're just kind of working on the final dates. It's looking like it's going to be in uh, April out on the Western Slope. There's a big new uh, shooting complex out in Cameo. And our Western Slope rep, uh, Rick Davis, has been working with CPW to put on a big shoot out there. And that, that looks like that's going to be a lot of fun because there's multiple ranges and they're going to have a good time there. We may have to integrate the team shoot. Uh, I was surprised that that would be fun. Yeah. The, um, the amount of traction for something, you know, Luke and I concocted because um, of his inebriation and me talking shit to have a <laughs> um, a trad compound team shoot. And his willingness to donate money to the cause. See, there was a lot of money floating <laughs> around that shoot in general because um, I think it was 250 bucks a team um, yeah. entry fee. and uh, Well, and if that doesn't show you the power of social media, nothing will. Uh, we, we, we had to kick, I mean, hundreds of people away. Yeah. Because right? we, we literally yeah. wanted it relatively small. <laughs> and oh, yeah. so I think we had... 10 teams of two man, you know, one trad, one compound. I don't know how much side gambling was going on, but a, f- a fair amount. I would imagine there was none of that at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, I asked if it was legal or illegal. And I'm like, it hey, it's really legal matter. now. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and uh, then we had the standard 250 or whatever it was entry fee. Yeah. We had guys, let's see, we had two come from Texas. And uh, I think one guy came from yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. Blake came up from Texas. Yeah. That's really cool. That that looked like a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun. I, um, you know, when we were, we were shooting that, um, like the, the idea behind that for a CBA type event was like, really like, man, we should probably put some effort into this because there's enough, everybody's got a stick bow now. Like there's enough 
stick bow guys and compound guys to easily fill out a 40 target course. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, by so, the way, I, I still don't have one, but that's, you know, that's stick bow. personal choices. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I think that, um, like that type of, um, synergy is, is, is I a, think it's very important. I, I thought that was a really cool concept. I mean, you, you know, I, one of the times just kind of shows you how long Aaron and I have known each other. I remember back in like 2000, 2001, we all shot that big uh, team shoot that they did up at Game Lines years ago. That was a big deal at the time. That was so much fun. I mean, each shop or club would put together a, a couple of teams. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I remember the Royal Archery B team rising up and <laughs> kind of taking home the trophy one year. Did you guys win? Yeah, that was fun. See, and, I probably you know blocked what? that out of my mind. <laughs> well, I, I blocked out all the years after that too. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that that kind of stuff was a lot of fun. It it, it brought a level of competition out there, and it, it just a there was a tremendous amount of smack talk on that range that day, and that was a blast. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, anything like that when there's you know obviously a, a lot of good shooters and a lot of good friends and and, yeah. and synergy going on it's it's a, it's a bonus i think that um well i hope anyway once covid goes away that we can start doing things like that again i mean fun things again yeah right now <laughs> as i watch people the the band blowing through saxophones with holes in their masks i quite <laughs> baffled by you know today the day you know that was one of my favorite images of 2020 <laughs> oh i'm like wait a minute that doesn't make it that's like you know putting pants on with your ass cut out it just doesn't yeah. make sense it's like everybody wearing chaps yeah exactly but so what else do you got anything else going on for the rest of the year because i know you've been pretty busy lately and i'll tell you i've uh we hit it pretty hard this fall i mean i had my hunts and archery season and you know had my uh, wife and son both had uh, rifle tags for third and fourth season. And we ended up with three great bucks and three cool stories to tell about that. And that's, uh, unfortunately that's about all the hunting I'm going to get for a little bit unless, uh, hopefully my wife's not listening to this, but I'm still kind of in the back of my mind looking at possibly a little run down to the desert in Arizona in January. So, yeah, well, that's where I'm heading. See how that goes. Yeah. Um, it's the only way, like, to, so on a moderate budget, trying to extend the season. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of trading and, and uh, I'll guide for free to get hunts, and which is how I afforded the, the last Owdad. Um, it was uh, my services for a couple months of guiding. But uh, I to extend the, the seasons as, as far as I can, you, you have to get pretty crafty anymore because um, when I say crafty, You've got like the Aldad hunts in Texas and Arizona hunts. There's coos deer, the javelinas. You know, there's certain things that you can, you know, extend the hunt. And really, it's just the willingness to to try. Which I'd say I've probably learned more than anything in the last ten years is if you're willing to drive and throw up a tent. You know, Fred Baum's a good example. He, yeah, he goes exactly. all over the place hunting. You can get some pretty decent hunts if you look through it. And I mean, honestly, you know, door knocking, it's not as good as it used to be, but there's yeah, certain, definitely not. certain places where you can still get decent uh, land. Kansas is one of the only states where you can, public is as good as private. Um, you yeah, know, they depending have a lot of walk-in. Yeah, yeah, a lot of walk-in access. So, you know, for, for me this time of year, I'm, I'm literally just scrounging whatever I can find to go to go hunt. In this case, is is Owdad and then, you know, Arizona mule deer. I'm not a coos deer guy. 
too small a target, I guess, for the stick bow. <laughs> too much effort. But you know, you can get you can hunt December. It doesn't matter. Their tags aren't specific. Yeah. For that, I mean, they're just for bucks. Yeah. So. Well, and you can hunt through December and then buy a new tag and hunt January. That's what I'm doing. I've got yeah. a, I've got a December tag and a January tag, and you know whether or not I'll be successful, who knows? But I'm gonna give it a try. <laughs> That's right. Well, it, you know, and it's all about kind of stepping out of your comfort zone and. And it's kind of funny because some of us get into, I mean, like me, I love hunting mule deer and I don't care if I hunt them high or low. I just like hunting mule deer, but, uh, you know, you don't get much lower than the desert, but new no. man, it's, uh, we, we went down and chased, well, I was going to say chased javelina, but really we looked for javelina a few years ago down there and just had a blast. I took my son with me who was, uh, like 10 at the time and, we just had a great time. It was a it was a really really memorable experience. Yeah, yeah. I had now I had help last year when I was down uh, in Arizona. When I say help, I a local a resident, yeah, just local guys. Yeah, yeah. But we had a good. I mean, hunt. We were on four very very large deer the entire week. There wasn't a day I didn't get at least a stalk or two. Um, when a day I didn't get cactus in multiple parts of my body. Um, oh man, Choya sucks. Choya is the worst. And the beauty of a good hunt in Arizona is uh, the things that you get on your legs that pop out later on that yeah. puss up. Those are fun. Well, it was pretty. Uh, Levi and I were climbing up to a glassing point, and I'd slipped into Choya. So all basically oh. from. Um, you know, my, uh, my fat roll up tricep, right? So, oh, that's brutal. We, we yanked them out, but there were several left, right? Oh, so yeah. I had to broke the back. No CMs. Yeah. Jeez, dude. I, I pulled my shirt off and he's yanking like you can, my tricep is extending, oh. yanking these choyas out and he's pulling them out of my side and he didn't go 15 feet and he's got like six choyas stuck to the back of his calf muscle. I'm like, dude, hold up. Kyle was like a magnet for those things uh, when we went down there. Yeah. They're not, they're not good. It's, it makes a, interesting i was wearing sneak tech like those big squishy sure things it, it's not a quiet place no. um and, and stocking and, in your socks is not no. advisable <laughs> no it's not good so like you know for me i have um uh wesley warner uh he's a buddy of mine i met him in the high country he makes these kind of um wool uh, moccasins oh cool but i take my 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 sheep feet and put them in the bottom of them to help with the cactus problem because oh, it's gotcha. a, basically yeah. a carbon sole even still, you're going to get cactus in you. It's it's just like you said, stepping out of your comfort zone. If you're not used to cactus and tarantulas and snakes and a lot of noise and it didn't blow, the wind wasn't, it wasn't that windy when we were down there. Yeah. Like there was days I'm like, please, Lord, just 15 miles an hour. That's all I need. Just 10. Just See, for <laughs> us, it just blew at night. And when I say blew at night, I mean, I it blew all night <laughs> and that tent about beat me to death with the edge <laughs> just blow it hard all night yeah but it's i mean it, it extends the season you know gives you something else to hunt so well and like you said you know that all the the cactus and all those things as clark griswold said you know it's all just part of the experience yeah <laughs> i'm not a fan of cactus um nobody is no and there's um where we're at our dad down south. I mean, there's a cactus up north, but where we're at down south, because we guide in um, our outfit, Scotty does in like four spots, but two primaries. Up north, it's just, it's colder. You know, it's in, by Amarillo, and it, it's not Texas weather. It's freaking, yeah. when I <laughs> when I killed mine the first year, it was six degrees. Um, oh, that's great. It, it was not cool. Um, <laughs> the second year is probably 40, a um, little more manageable. And then this year, totally different it was probably 90 when yeah I shot it's mine. just so friggin' hot this year um but it uh it the the owl dad is a 
like the poor man's sheep is best way to put it. And it's, it's not that cheap, 5,700 to 65 for pretty much anyone for now, dad anymore. Yeah. But you know, it does, it is a hunt and it extends the season. And I, I think like you would like it cause it's, Oh, like, that's one that's on my radar for it's like sure. Mule deer. I yeah. Mean, except they're a little more agile in the cliffs. Like some of the things they yeah. climb up, you're like, hmm, <laughs> damn, I'm not going to make it up that. But Agile in the cliffs. That's not something that's ever been used to describe did, me. Did you watch any of those videos <laughs> that I posted when we were down there? Oh yeah. So it was like, for example, Scotty, before the clients came, Scotty was trying to shoot a ram too. Um, we, we had one group of 50 and one giant ram and they were about 500 yards out. There's only two ways into the cliff. So we got right in between that and Literally, I had just put a chew in, and I saw a head. And I'm like, they're here. And uh, <laughs> Scotty's like, oh, they're surrounded. Well, doesn't do any good when none of them were the ram, right? Yeah. So we're literally like, you know, they're circling. And I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, we didn't end up getting the big ram. But where they dropped into, like, you're literally looking at that like, huh, they're going to live another day. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe they ran down it. I was like, holy cow, I can't even make it down that. So it's a good fun, you know, hunt. And, and, uh, and, and again, it's, it's relatively inexpensive to carry, you know, doll sheep now or, you know, 15 oh gosh, to 30 yeah. grand. So, yeah. I mean, compared to that, yeah, that, uh, definitely puts it in perspective. Yeah, definitely. Well, man, I probably should go. My phone is uh, going ape crap crazy. I can relate. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anybody tuning in right now, please go join the CBA. Do me the favor. Uh, if you hunt out west, uh, you know, especially in bow season, definitely join the CBA. But do your part. Um, if you guys ever give me crap about talking about residents should have a uh, more of an advantage for tags, it's because of things like this. We're yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so do your part, please join, and uh, you know, I appreciate you doing it. And and uh, thanks for coming on, Henry. Hey, I appreciate it, Aaron. And and you know, something else to keep in mind: CBA is not alone in this. Join your local organization. Join your local chapter of Rocky Mountain Elk or Mule Deer Foundation, Wild Turkeys, Bighorn Sheep. I mean, everybody. We're all in the exact same boat here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Good advice. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Aaron.